since I was born, I cannot call to mind ever indulging in sexual intercourse, even in a dream. Edward Reeb's Buddhist Books Podcast, episode 85, uh, the Tipitaka Recitals, part 24, in which we, or I, really, will recite um, Sangha de Sessa 8. We finished up 6 and 7, that was the rules about building a hut and the rules about building a vihara. I don't know what eight's about, so I'll be just as surprised as you. Um, at the beginning, you saw a little bit of Monkey Temple in Kathmandu, also known as Swayam Bhunat, right? Um, and up until like five minutes ago, from the day that I went in November 28th, I believe, or 29th of... Uh, 2017, um, my my guide at the time, my friend uh, Ajay Goyal, hello, if you're seeing this, had mentioned that it was a temple dedicated to the Buddha's mother. Um, I just did a bunch of research and I couldn't find any reference to that. However, the temple in Lumbini, that one there, that's the one that houses the stone upon which they say the Buddha gave birth. That is known as the... Uh, Maya Devi Temple. This is Maya Devi. So you see, when I thought that that was a temple dedicated to Maya Devi, it's a very interesting temple. That uh, name, I think it's Sanskrit, maybe, uh, probably, right? Maybe. Um, means self-born, uh, which refers more to the idea that the stupa at the temple itself was self-born, wasn't built. It just came to be. And if you buy that, then you are a devoted follower of Vajrayana Buddhism in Nepal. Blessings to you. And um, so, yes, uh, introducing the lovely, uh, I assume, Maya Devi. She, her story as far as its importance to the story of Lord Buddha, basically, and we'll probably hear him tell the story later on, I assume, in the Tipitaka. Um, you and I will find out together where the story actually comes from and when it was developed. Some of these stories do come later. In other words, they're probably not based in reality, reality. They're more based in like, you know, somebody saw it, which not to say that's not reality. It's just kind of a different sort of reality, right? Right? Um, so yeah, so what we're reading now is the closest to like reality, reality. So if the Buddha says... I stubbed my toe when I was eight years old. We can write that down as an event that happened in Lord Buddha's life. However, if in, uh, you know, a thousand or so years later, somebody says that a ray shot out from between a little circle of hair around his third eye, we can put that in the margin as something that is part of 
Mahayana and Vajrayana Buddhist tradition, many probably believe that actually happened. Say no more. Um, <clears throat> that's all I have to say about that. So this is Maya Devi, and uh, whoa, how did I do that? I don't know. Certainly no camera tricks going on. That is also Maya Devi. I believe this uh, we this I believe came from Darjeeling, whereas this was from Bodh Gaya from our recent trips. So um, I will jump in, and I did remember. I finally remembered. You remember last time I said that the time before there was something, and I remembered it. I or I was going to remember it. I remembered it, but I'm going to save it toward the end. So you got to watch this whole thing. That all being said, if this is your first time seeing me, go ahead and click here. That will take you to the Tipitaka playlist. Go ahead and start with episode one. And you can gradually work your way up to episode 24, in which we read the eighth Sangha di Sessa, which I will begin reading right now. Special, special guest includes the eight auspicious symbols Vajrayana Buddhism. Four of which you can also see here. Actually, up at the top, I've got a one of these type things, uh, but of the Buddha himself. He's covering uh, one of the auspicious symbols. I don't remember which one. Formal meeting, Sangha di Sessa, part eight. At one time, the Enlightened One, the Lord, was staying at Rajagaha in the bamboo grove at the squirrel's feeding place. At that time, perfection had been attained by the venerable Daba, Lord Vairochana Buddha, for today is going to play the role of the venerable Daba, who's attained perfection. Okay. <clears throat> the million, seven years after his birth. So he's a seven-year-old. The Malian. Let me just check the footnote on that. The son of the Raja or chief of the Malians. Oh, okay. So he is the prince of the Malians. Okay, cool. He realized Arhanship in the Tonsur Hall. All right, cool. So this is Daba the Malia and Maya Devi. Moving along. All that seven years old, huh? All that there is to be attained by a disciple had been fully attained by him. For him, there was nothing further to be done, no increase to be added to that which had been done, be added to, was in parentheses. Then the venerable Daba, the Malian, as he was meditating alone and in solitude, thought, quote, perfection was realized by me seven years after my birth. Whatever there is to be attained by a disciple, all this has been fully attained by me. 
For me, there is nothing further to be done, no increase to be added to that which has been done to be added in parentheses. What now if I should render a service to the order? End quote. Then the venerable Daba, the Malian, thought, What now if I should assign lodgings to the order and should distribute the meals? End quote. As they say in Zen Buddhism, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Anyway, then the venerable Daba, the Malian, rising up from his meditation at evening time, approached the Lord, and having approached him and greeted him, he sat down to one side. As he was sitting to one side, the venerable Daba, the Malian, said to the Lord, quote, Now, Lord, as I was meditating alone and in solitude, I thought, quote, within quotes, three dots. What now if I were to render a service to the order? And quote, within quotes. I thought of this, Lord, quote, within quotes. What now if I sh- were to assign lodgings to the order? What if I should distribute the meals, end quote, within quotes, end quote. The Buddha replies, quote, <clears throat> It is good. It is good, Daba. Then you, Daba, assign the lodgings to the order and distribute the meals, end quote. Quote, very well, Lord, end quote. The Reverend Daba, the Mali, answered the Lord. That is what he said, very well, Lord. Then the Lord, on this occasion, in this occasion, having given Dhamma talk, I look forward to when we get to hear one of those in the next basket, addressed the monks. We've heard a bit, we've heard a bit, some of his stories in reference to the rules. Anyway, quote, Monk, let the order consent that Dhamma the Malian should assign the lodgings and should distribute the meals a seven-year-old enlightened disciple of the Buddha. Just make sure you've got that in your mind. Seven years old. Monks, this should be authorized thus. Daba should should first be asked, and having been asked, the order should be informed by an experienced, competent monk. Quote, within quotes, Honored sirs, let the order hear me. If it is the right time for the order... Let the order consent that the venerable Daba, the Malian, should assign the lodgings and distribute the meals. That is the motion. Honored sirs, let the order hear me. The order agrees that the venerable Daba, the Malian, should assign the lodgings and distribute the meals. If it pleases the venerable ones, and there is permission that the venerable Daba, the Malian, should assign lodgings and distribute the meals, then be silent. If it does not seem good, then you should speak. It is agreed by the order that the venerable Daba, the Malian, should assign the lodgings and distribute the meals. It is agreed. Three dots. Thus do I understand. End quote within quotes. End quote. Then the venerable Daba, the Malian, being so chosen, 
assigned one lodging in the same place for those monks who belonged to the same company. For those monks who knew the Suttantas, he assigned a lodging in the same place, saying, quote, These will be able to chant over the Suttantas to one another. End quote. What are the Suttantas? For those monks versed in the Vinaya rules, that's what we're reading now, he assigned a lodging in the same place, saying, it's like that scene in Spaceballs where they watch Spaceballs. Anyway, quote, they will decide upon the Vinaya with one another. And quote, for those monks teaching Dhamma, he assigned a lodging in the same place, saying, quote, they will discuss Dhamma with one another. End quote. For those monks who were musers, he assigned a lodging in the same place, saying, quote, they will not disturb one another, end quote. For those monks who lived indulging in low talk, is there a footnote? Uh, writing was apparently very little used at this date. What? That's the footnote? No. Talkers about animals, talkers on low or childish subjects. All right, so basically what we assumed it meant. Animals. And who are athletic, he assigned a lodging in the same place, saying, quote, These reverend ones will live according to their pleasure. End quote. For those monks who came in late at night, he, having attained the condition of heat, assigned a lodging by this light. So much so that the monks came in late at night on purpose, and they thought, and is in parentheses, quote, we will see the wonder of the psychic potency of the venerable Daba, the Malian. End quote. And having approached the venerable Daba, the Malian, they spoke thus, quote, Reverend Daba, assign a lodging to us. End quote. The venerable Daba, the Malian, spoke thus to them, quote, where do your reverences desire it? Where shall I assign it? End quote. Then these monks, monks in parentheses, would quote a distant place on purpose, saying, quote, Reverend Daba, assign us a lodging on the vulture's peak. Your reverence, assign us a lodging on the robber's cliff. Your reverence, assign us a lodging on the slopes of Isigili Hill. Is that in Lord of the Rings? Um, on the Black Rock. Your reverence, assign us a lodging on the slopes of Vibara at Satapani Cave. Your reverence, assign us a lodging in Sita's Wood on the slopes of the Snake Pool. Your reverence, assign us a lodging at the Gomata Glen. Your reverence, assign us a lodging at the Tinduka Glen. Your reverence, assign us a lodging at the Tapoda Glen. Your reverence, assign us a lodging at the Tapoda Park. Your reverence, assign us a lodging at Jivaka's Mango Grove. Your reverence, assign us a lodging in the Deer Park at Madakuchi. Kukhi Kukhi. 
Mada Kuchi. End quote. The venerable Daba, the Malian, having attained the condition of heat for these monks, monks in parentheses, went in front of each with his finger glowing. Uh, and they, by the light of the venerable Daba, the Malian, went behind him. The venerable Daba, the Malian, went behind him. The venerable Daba, the Malian, assigned a lodging to them and said, quote, This is the couch. This is the bed. This the bed. This the bolster. This the pillow. This a privy. That a privy. This the drinking water. That the hot water for washing. This the staff. This is the form of the order's agreement. The form of was in parentheses. This the staff. Oh no, we already said that. This is the time it should be entered upon. This the time it should be departed from. End quote. Then the venerable Daba, the Malian, having assigned a lodging to these men, in parentheses, went back again to the bamboo grove. Now, at that time, the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka, Metia and Bumajaka, all right? So we assume that these are monks of a different sect, not, well, we'll, we'll just read on and see where this goes. Um, were newly ordained and of little merit. They obtained whatever inferior lodgings belonging to the order and inferior meals. At that time, the people of Rajagaha wished to give the elder monks alms food, having a specially good seasoning, and ghee, and, all, and oil, and dainties. Okay. Okay, so those guys, the chief men of the sixfold group. Okay, among these six, two teachers of the crowd. Okay, so they're Buddhists, but they're followers of these two, the Metia, Metia and Bumajaka. All right, but to the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka, they gave ordinary food, unseasoned porridge, of broken rice, accompanied by sour gruel. These, after they had eaten and had returned from their meal, asked the elder monks, What did you get, your reverences, at the refectory? What did you? End quote. Some elders spoke thus. There was ghee for us, your reverences. There was oil for us. There were dainties for us. But the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka spoke thus. Your reverences, there was nothing for us. Only ordinary food. Only, having been in parentheses. Unseasoned porridge of broken rice, accompanied by sour gruel. Come on, guys. It's okay. All right. At that time, a householder who had nice food gave to the order in continuous food supply a meal for four monks. He, together with his wife and children, 
attended and served in the refectory. One offered boiled rice, another offered curry, another offered oil, another offered dainties. Now at that time, a meal given by the householder, who had nice food, was apportioned for the following day to the monks who were the followers of Matia and Bumachaka. Then the householder, who had nice food, went to the park on some business and approached the venerable Daba, the Malian. And having approached the venerable Daba, the Malian, and greeted him, he sat down to one side. As he was sitting to one side, the venerable Daba, the Malian, rejoiced three dots. Gladdened with Dhammatak, the householder who had nice food, period. Okay. Then whence the dots. There was stuff in the dots that would have made that a complete coherent sentence, but... Then when the householder who had nice food had been rejoiced, dots. Gladdened with Dhammatak by the venerable Daba, the Malian, he said to the venerable Daba, the Malian, quote, for whom, honored sir, is the meal apportioned for tomorrow in our house? End quote. quote. Householder, the food apportioned in your house for tomorrow is for the monks who are the followers of Matia and Bumajaka. Then the householder, who had nice food, was sorry and said, quote, how can these depraved monks enjoy themselves in our home, in our house? End quote. And going to his house, he gave orders to a female slave, saying, Having prepared for those who come to eat tomorrow a seat in the storeroom, serve them with porridge of broken rice accompanied by sour gruel. End quote. Quote, Very well, master. End quote. The female slave answered the householder who had nice food. That was what she said. Very well, master. All right. Then the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka said to one another, quote, Yesterday, your reverences, a meal was allotted to us by the householder who has nice food. Tomorrow, the householder who has nice food, attending with his wife and children, will serve us. Some will offer boiled rice, some will offer curry, some will offer oil, some will offer dainties. Quote. These, because of their happiness, did not sleep that night as much as they had expected. Then the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka, rising up early and setting out, taking their bowls and robes, approaching the dwelling of the householder who had nice food. The female slave saw the monks who were the followers who were followers of Metia and Bumajaka coming from afar. And seeing them and making ready a seat in the storeroom, she said to the monks who were followers of Metia and Bumajaka, quote, Sit here, honored sirs. End quote. Then the monks who were followers of Metia and Bumajaka thought, quote, but undoubtedly the food will not be ready, since we are made to sit in the storeroom. 
Then the female slave came up with the porridge of broken rice, accompanied by sour gruel, and said, quote, Eat, honored sirs. End quote. Quote, but sister, we are those who enjoy a continuous supply of food. End quote. Quote, I know that the masters enjoy a continuous supply of food. But yesterday, I was ordered by the householder, quote, within quotes, having prepared a seat in the storeroom for those who come for a meal today, serve them with porridge of broken rice accompanied by sour gruel, end quote, within quotes, eat, honored sirs, end quote, she said. Then the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka said, quote, Yesterday, your reverences, the householder who has nice things to eat, went to Daba, the Malian, in the park. Doubtless Daba, the Malian, set the householder at variance with us. End quote. Perhaps that's Victorian English for something? These monks, end quote, I mean, monks is in parentheses, these monks, on account of their lamentations, did not eat as much as was expected. Then the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka, after they had eaten and had returned from their meals, going to the park and putting aside their bowls, sat down outside the storeroom of the park, squatting against their outer cloaks, silent, abashed, their shoulders bent, their heads lowered, brooding, speechless. Then the nun Metia approached the monks who were followers of Metia. Okay, so the Metia the nun, there's a line over the A at the end of her name, so presumably that's a different person from Metia. Then, then the nun Metia, let's say, though that's probably wrong, approached the monks who were the followers of Metia, right? Different people. And Bumajaka. And having approached them, she said to the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka, quote, I salute you, masters. Not like that. And quote, and when she had spoken thus, the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka did not respond. A second time, three dots, a third time, the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumajaka did not respond. Quote, Do I offend against the masters? Why do the masters not respond to me? She said. It is because you neglect us, sister, when we are got into difficulties by Daba, the Malian. What can I do? masters, she said. If you would like, sister, this very day you could make the Lord expel Daba, the Malian. What can I do, masters? How am I able to do that? She said. Come, sister, go up to the Lord, and having gone up, say to the Lord, Quote, now, Lord, it is not suitable, it is not becoming that this quarter, which should be without fear, secure, without danger, is the very quarter which is full of fear, insecure, and full of danger. 
Where there was a calm, now there is a gale. It seems the very water is blazing. I have been assaulted by Master Daba the Malian. End quote. Very well, masters, the nun Metia answered the monks who were the followers of Metia and Bumachaka, and she approached the Lord. Having approached and greeted the Lord, she stood to one side. As she was standing to one side, the nun Metia spoke thus to the Lord, quote, Now, Lord, it is not suitable, space dot space, 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 by Master Daba, the Malian, end quote. Now the Lord on this occasion and in this connection, having had the order of monks convened, asked the venerable Daba, the Malian, quote, Daba, do you remember doing as the nun Metia says, end quote, quote, Lord, the Lord knows with regard to me, end quote, he said a second time three dots, a third time. The Lord said to the venerable Daba, the Malian, three dots, quote, with regard to me, end quote. <sighs> Daba, uh, that's a quote, Daba. The Dabas do not give evasive answers like that. If what was done by you, say so. If what was done was done by you, say so. If it was not done by you, say it was not, end quote. Quote, Lord, since I was born, I cannot call to mind ever indulging in sexual intercourse, even in a dream, much less so when I was awake. End quote. Then the Lord addressed the monks, saying, quote, Because of this, expel the nun Metia and take these monks to task. End quote. I mean, in a modern-day court setting, we'd have, we'd have to have a little bit more than the, you know, the word of the person being accused of rape, right? Aside from that, I think it's interesting and good, interesting at the very least, that this is being addressed Hmm. Is she being kicked out? She's being kicked out. So this this is in the formal meeting section, but she's uh, undergoing parajika for falsely accusing a monk of sexual assault. Okay. Having spoken thus, the Lord rising up from his seat entered the vihara. Uh, take these monks to task. Okay. Then these monks expelled the nun Metia. Then the monks who were followers of Metia and Bumajaka said to those monks, quote, Your reverences, do not expel the nun Metia. She has not committed any sin. She was urged on by us because we were angry, displeased, and wanted him out of the way. End quote. Quote, but are not your reverences defaming the venerable Daba, the Malian, 
with an unfounded charge involving defeat, end quote. Quote, it is so, your reverences, end quote, they said. Then those who were modest monks became annoyed, vexed, angry, and said, quote, How can the monks who are followers of Metia and Bumajaka defame the venerable Daba, the Malian, with an unfounded charge involving defeat? Then these monks told this matter to the Lord. He said, quote, Is it true, as is said, monks, that you defamed Daba, the Malian, with an unfounded charge involving defeat? It is true, Lord, they said. Then the enlightened one, the Lord, rebuked them, saying, How can you, foolish men, defame Daba, the Malian, with an unfounded charge involving defeat? It is not, foolish men, for the benefit of unbelievers, Read dots. It is not. It is to the detriment of unbelievers and believers, and it causes wavering in some. These monks, thus monks, this course of training should be set forth. Whatever monk, malignant, malicious, and ill-tempered, should defame a monk with an unfounded charge involving defeat, thinking, quote, "Thus, perhaps, may I drive him away from this Brahma life." End quote. Then if afterwards he, being pressed or not being pressed, the legal question turning out to be unfounded, if the monk confesses his malice, it is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. End quote. So in the end he got a confession from the monks that, they're, that they got the nun to falsely accuse the venerable Malian, what's his name? Daba, the Malian. But prior to that, she had accused him. He said, I didn't do it. And he said, kick her out. He didn't do it. So again, by modern standards, probably is not the best representation of Lord Buddha from a modern perspective. But at the time, presumably he was psychic or he was able to see that she was lying clearly because these days obviously you know when this kind of situation comes up and it does it's uh, often quite annoying right more than annoying infuriating when uh, with nothing more than the the the, uh, the abuser saying I didn't do it they say well he didn't do it case closed I mean, the onus is on uh, the person accusing to prove that he did it. So, anyway, yeah, we're not here to project our modern values onto this, but to learn what it says. I just thought I'd take a moment or two to uh, address these things. But in the end, he did get a confession, so we know that it was a false accusation. So the people who falsely accused him are being punished by being demoted to neophyte, by being demoted to stage one of their development and with a formal meeting where they have to announce to everybody, Daba the Malian didn't do it. Whatever means, who? You remember whatever? Hopefully. Monk means, space, 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 dot, space. In the meaning, monk is to be understood. 
in this meaning, monk is to be understood. Monk means another monk. Hmm. Malignant, malicious means angry, displeased, dissatisfied, the mind worst, stubborn. Ill-tempered means with this anger, with this hatred, and with this displeasure, and with this dissatisfaction, he is angry. Unfounded means unseen, unheard, unsuspected. Involving defeat means one of the four headings involving defeat, Parajika, the first four of the Tibetaka recitals. The first four Parajikas, not the first four episodes. It took longer than four episodes to get through them all. Should defame means should reprove or should cause to reprove. In this case, they caused the nun to reprove. Thus, may I drive him away from this Brahma life means I may drive him, in parentheses, away from monkhood, monkdom. Monkdom! Oh, I like it! Monkdom. Huh. Um, I'm going to start using monkdom instead of monkhood. I may drive him away from reclusdama. I may drive him away from the aggregates of morality. I may drive him away from the advantage of religious austerity. Afterwards means in the moment in which he is defamed, that moment, that minute, that second has passed. That's what afterward means. Being pressed means he is defamed in that matter in which he is pressed. Not being pressed means not being spoken to by anyone. A legal question means there are four legal questions. Legal questions arising out of disputes. Legal questions arising out of censure. Legal questions arising out of transgressions. Legal questions arising out of obligations. If the monk confesses his malice means empty words have been been spoken by me. A lie has been spoken by me. Untruth has been spoken by me. It has been spoken by me, not knowing. Or knowing, right? Offense entailing a formal meeting of the order means, you recall that one from previous episode? On account of this, it is called an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. On account of what? Uh, The three dots. He is unseen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he reprimands him, saying, Seen by me, you are one who has committed a matter involving defeat. You are not a true recluse. You are not a true son of the Sakyans. True in parentheses. There is no holding, in parentheses, the observance day ceremony. Ceremony, in parentheses. So there is no the observance day, is what it said without the parentheses. Or the ceremony held at the end of the reign or the ceremony performed by a chapter of monks with you. End quote. For each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is unheard by him committing an offense involving defeat, but he reprimands him saying, Heard by me, you are three dots. End quote. For each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. So false accusation of something involving defeat means formal meeting. He murdered that guy. No, I didn't. Okay, formal meeting. He is unsuspected by him of committing an offense involving defeat, but he reprimands him, saying, Suspected by me, you are three dots. For each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. 
He is unseen by him committing an offense involving defeat. But if he reprimands him saying, quote, seen and heard by me, you are one who has committed an offense involving defeat, three dots, end quote. For each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is unseen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but he reprimands him saying, seen and suspected by me, three dots, seen, heard, and suspected by me, three dots, end quote. For each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is heard by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he reprimands him saying, and uh, open quote, heard and suspected by me, quotes, or dots, heard and seen by me, dots, heard, seen, and suspected by me, dots, for each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is unsuspected by him of committing an offense involving defeat, but if he reprimands him saying, quote, suspected and seen by me, three dots, suspected and heard by me, three dots, suspected, seen, and heard by me, three dots, end quote, for each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Don't click away yet, guys. Don't forget there's a special treat at the end, and we've just got two more pages. It'll be just a while. He is seen by him committing an offense involving defeat if he, if he reprimands him. He is seen committing an offense. If he reprimands him, saying, heard by me, dots, suspected by me, dots, heard and suspected by me, you are one who has committed an offense involving defeat, dots, for each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. So whether he sees him or not, if he accuses him, there's got to have a meeting, right? He is heard by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he reprimands him, saying, dots, suspected by me, dots, seen by me, dots, suspected and seen by me, dots, for each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. Okay, so this is a bit subtle. He hears something going on, but he says he saw it, but he didn't. He's lying. So if he's seen, ah, if he saw it, but he says he hear, heard and suspects it, eh, no, you didn't. You saw it. Okay. He is suspected by him of committing an offense involving defeat, but if he reprimands him saying, seen by me, dots, heard by me, dots, seen and heard by me, dots, for each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order, end quote. He is seen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but he is in doubt as to the site. He does not trust the site. He does not remember the site. Is confused as to the site. Wouldn't me, the monk said. No. He is in doubt as to what he has heard. Dots. Is confused as to what he heard. He is in doubt as to the suspicion, dots. He is confused as to what he suspected. Yet, he reprimands him saying, quote, suspected and seen by me, dots, suspected and heard by me, dots, suspected and seen and heard by me, dots. For each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. End quote. No. I was wrong about that, end quote. Still going on. He is unseen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, quote, you are seen, you are one who has committed an offense involving defeat, quote, for each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is unheard, space, dot, space, 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 space. He is suspected, 
space dot space space dot space. Getting a little lazy with those dots, Mr. Horner. He is unseen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, quote, you are seen and heard, three dots. You are seen and suspected, three dots. You are seen and heard and suspected, three dots, end quote. She's my sister and my daughter. For each speech, that wasn't in the text. For each speech, there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. He is seen by him committing an offense involving defeat, but if he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, quote, you are heard, dots, you are suspected, dots, you are heard and suspected, space, dot, space, space, dot, space, end quote. He is heard by him, space, dot, space, 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 space. He is suspected by him, space, dot, space, space, dot, space. He is seen by him committing an offense involving defeat. He is in doubt as to the sight, three dots. He is confused as to what he is suspected, yet he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, quote, you are suspected and seen, three dots, end quote. Three dots. He is confused as to what he is he suspected, Yet he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, You are suspected and heard, three dots, end quote. There was an open quote before that, three dots. He is confused as to what he suspected, yet he causes him to be reprimanded, saying, You are suspected and seen, saying, quote, You are suspected and seen and heard, three dots, involving defeat, three dots, end quote. For each speech there is an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. There is a view of what is pure and what is impure. A view of what is impure in what is pure. There is a view of what is impure in what is impure. A view of what is pure in what is pure. If a man is impure, committing a certain offense involving defeat, even though there exists a view of purity, if he speaks desiring his expulsion, but without having gained his leave, there is an offense of wrongdoing together with an offense requiring a formal meeting of the order. What? Maybe it'll make sense. If a man is impure, three dots, if he speaks desiring his expulsion but having gained his leave, it is an offense requiring a formal meeting of the order. What? If a man is impure, three dots, not having gained his leave, he spoke intending abuse, there is an offensive wrongdoing together with one of insulting speech. Ooh, that's new. If a man is impure, three dots, having gained his leave, he spoke intending abuse, it is an offense of insulting speech. Is that lower than a wrongdoing or on the same level? If a man is pure, see, we're almost done. See, If a man is pure, not committing a certain offense involving defeat, even though there exists a view of impurity, if he speaks, if, he, if a man is pure, but he has a view of impurity. Wow, okay. Uh, if he speaks desiring his expulsion, but without having gained his leave, there is an offense of wrongdoing. If a man is pure, three dots. Having gained his leave, he speaks intending his expulsion. There is no offense. If it is a pure man, three dots, without having gained his leave, he speaks intending abuse. It is an offense of wrongdoing with one of insulting speech. 
If it is a pure man, three dots, having gained his leave, he speaks intending abuse, it is an offense of insulting speech. If a man is impure, committing a certain offense involving defeat, even though there exists a view as to impurity, he speaks wishing his expulsion, but not having gained his leave. There is an offense of wrongdoing, three dots. It is not an offense, three dots. It is an offense of wrongdoing with one of insulting speech, space, dot, space, space, dot, space. Mr. Horner's getting tired. He doesn't want to tell us what it says. He just wants to, like, put random pieces of what it says with dots in between. It is an offense of insulting speech. No, it's not. I'm speaking fact about you, Mr. Horner. If a man is pure, not committing an offense leading to defeat, even though there exists a view as to purity, three dots, there is an offense of wrongdoing with an offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. It is an offense requiring a formal meeting of the order. Uh, three dots. It is an offense requiring one of a formal meeting of the order. Three dots. It is an offense of wrongdoing with one of insulting speech. Space, dot, space, space, dot, space. It is an offense of insulting speech. What is? Don't know. Don't know. There is no offense if there is a view as to what is impure in what is pure. If there is a view as to what is impure in what is impure, if he is mad, if he is a beginner. What does all that mean? What does the last, like, five minutes of what I've been reading even mean? Comment below, if you know. Told, sort of, is the eighth offense entailing a formal meeting of the order. That concerned with what is unfounded. All right. There it is. So I was in the middle of a thought, but I didn't finish it. Um, Lord Buddha's mother passed away shortly after he died. And I, was, I started talking about, well, does this story come from there or somewhere else? We'll find out. You'll find out when I find out. Um, she passed away when he was a baby, basically. I think it was after a few days. And, uh, and a, a prophet told Lord Buddha's father, the king, um, that his son would either grow up to be a great king or a great sage. And so the father got it in his head, I want to make sure my son becomes a great king and not a great sage. How can I do that? So he thought to himself, if I make sure that he doesn't experience anything bad, I tell him he has no mother, so he doesn't know his mother died. I tell him that, uh, that there is no sickness, that there is no death. I just never mention sickness or death. We just shield him from the knowledge of the existence of sickness and death and old age and poverty. Then, uh, then he'll be a great king. Not very good logic, I know. But yes, so when, the, when Lord Buddha is about, I believe, 29 years old, he, for the first time in his life, sees a sick person, an old person, a dying and dead person. And that, of course, sends a huge shock into his system, which results in him leaving his kingdom and uh, as well as his wife and son, but his son did later track him down and become one of his ten foremost disciples. Um, and he went and sought 
enlightenment. Um, he wanted to find, the story goes, a, uh, an end to suffering so that he could share it with the world. He could find it and share it with the world. And then he uh, got in with those ascetics near Rajgir, and uh, enough said about that. Okay, so um, that's the story about that. Now, here's the special surprise. Two episodes ago, you remember, um, it was talking about Kasyapa the Great. Um, Maha Kasyapa means Kasyapa the Great. Maha means great. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Zen. Um, going all the way to the other side, thoroughly to the other side, or as they say, gyate, gyate, hara, gyate, hara, shou, gyate, boji, sawaka. You know, don't take it from me. That's what they're singing. Um, and if you recall, if you've been watching this whole thing, I was, I was, uh, sort of floored by the Ford, by floored by the Ford. I was floored by the idea that Tirtankara, the term for the Jainist uh, masters, basically, um, the Jainist, um, what they call uh, in English, uh, patriarchs. It's not a good word these days, but it's in, uh, in Buddhism, they have the patriarchs, the, you know, especially in Zen. And the first of the Zen patriarchs, as they say, is Mahakasyapa. And uh, that story, did I? Yes, the Ford. So in Jainism, the, the Ford finders, the Ford makers, the Ford keepers, the Ford, all these, all these titles mean the keepers of the Ford, the creators of the Ford. So the Ford is what? The Ford, I mean, in modern English, Ford is a kind of car. Um, or it's a reference to Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. But in Indian English, it still means what it used to mean uh, back in the old days, which was um, that when you're crossing, I guess, an ocean or a lake or something, uh, if you get into the ford, which is where there's a current with like maybe there's like two swirling parts of the lake and there's a natural current that will take you all the way across to the other side. So the, uh, the great masters like Mahavira um, were called ford, religious fords. And uh, so by following them, you were able to be brought to the other side. What is the other side? Nirvana, enlightenment, an end to suffering, an end of the cycle of um, birth and death, reincarnation. So in, in the Heart Sutra, it ends with, to the other side, to the other side, thoroughly to the other side, enlightenment. And uh, when it got translated into Japanese in medieval, I think in the eighth or ninth centuries, that part was gyate, gyate, gyate. Anyway, so yes, Zen, Dogen. This is Dogen, and this is book three. And if you had sharp eyes, you would have noticed it was missing from there, and may, maybe suspected this was coming. No. Um, so this is from uh, Butsudo, just kind of from the middle of it. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's very long. But basically, um, what's happening is Dogen has heard that others refer to them as the Zen sect, 
or even as the Soto Zen sect, and he's even heard his own monks referring to themselves, identifying themselves as being from the Zen sect or the Soto Zen sect of Buddhism. And Dogen didn't like that. Dogen, of course, his story is that he went to China and found the Chan or Zen, same Chan in Chinese, Zen in Japanese, the Soto Chan sect, right? That's his story. Um, and he learned there for years, and then he brought it back to Japan, and he taught it there. So he's, he's considered the founder of the Japanese you know, branch of Soto Zen. But in his teachings, he's like, stop calling yourselves Soto Zen. You're not Soto Zen. You're Buddhists. This is the true, ultimate wisdom of the Buddha that was passed from the Buddha to Mahakasyapa and passed through the patriarchs down to us, right? So that's basically the context of what he's saying. I'll just jump into the text. The world, this is Dogen quoting something else. He's quoting um, Nenge, picking up a flower, which is a chapter of um, Dai Bonten O Mon Botsu Ketsugi Kyo, also known as Shinji Shobo Genso. I wonder if I have that. Anyway, so back to Dogen quoting that, and then he's speaking on his own. The world honored one. Before an assembly of millions, see, things got a little exaggerated over the course of however many years. Uh, that would have been 1,800 years at that time. Today, it's been 2,600 years. When he was talking, it had been 1,800 years. Millions. Millions of people there at Vulture Peak. Remember Vulture Peak where the guy with the things stabbing in his head was floating by? Anyway, yes, the world-honored one. Before an assembly of millions on Vulture Peak picks up an Udambara flower and winks. The assembly is totally silent. Only the face of the venerable Mahakasyapa breaks into a smile. The world-honored one says, quote, I have the right Dharma eye, treasury, and the fine mind of Nirvana, along with the Samgati robe, I transmit them to Mahakasyapa, end quote. So this is the sort of thing that I can bet good money we're not going to hear about in the Tipitaka. In other words, it probably didn't happen. Is it okay to say that? Um, but in, in the story of Zen, where Zen came from, that is their origin story. So what, where did it actually come from? Well, Alan Watts wrote a pretty good book back in the 50s. Um, that speculates that it was a, a, a blending of, uh, of Mahayana with, uh, with Tao, and I would say a little bit of Yogacara and some other things that kind of formulated into the, the Zen approach in around the 700s and 800s. Um, and then when it became popular later and the emperor liked it, then you know they said, well, where does it come from? Oh, well, these patriarchs, and back to... Bodhidharma, and then all the way back to Mahakasyapa, who was the patriarch of our lineage. Um, so retroactively, maybe, maybe, perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps this is right. 
Um, but it's probably not in the Tipitaka. That's the thing. The world-honored one's transmission to the great Mahakasyapa is, quote, I have the right Dharma eye treasury and the fine mind of Nirvana, end quote. In addition to this, there is no, quote, I have the Zen sect and I transmit it to Mahakasyapa, end quote. He says, along with the Samgyati robe, he does not say along with the Zen sect. Thus, the name Zen sect is never heard while the world-honored one is in the world. Well, yeah. It was you, dude, trying to pronounce Chan. No, sorry. The first patriarch, that's Mahakasyap, at that time addressed the second patriarch. Quote, the Buddha's supreme and fine truth is to persevere for vast kalpas in difficult conduct and painful conduct and to be able to endure what is hard to endure. How can one hope to seek the true vehicle with small vehicle and small wisdom, excuse me, small virtue and small wisdom, and with a trivial and conceited mind, end quote. On another occasion, he says, the Dharma seal of the Buddhas is not got from other people. Not from me, not from them, not from them. Just saying, it's just putting it out there. He's putting it out there. I'm just reading it. Um, and on the, another occasion, he says, the Tathagata transmitted the right Dharma I treasury to the great Mahakasyapa. So, yeah, I, I was searching for a place where, where Dogen talked about that, that transmission, and that's the part where it's most clearly talked about. He makes reference to it over and over. So it was something that his monks obviously already knew about. Uh, but in his lectures, he didn't tell the story. It was probably something they all read about or it was understood or that was part of their teachings. But the Shobogenzo is specifically um, Dogen's lectures that he gave to everybody, not like readings of scriptures that they had. They had apparently a lot of, a lot of them. So, um, yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. Um, Mahakasyap, I think that was the first time he appeared in the Tipitaka was that reading two days ago. And so I went ding, ding, ding in my brain, and I wanted to share with you what I already know of Mahakasyap. And um, so I was just happy to hear his name. I was happy when his name came up in the Lotus Sutra because the Lotus Sutra was written, you know, 1,000-some-odd years before Dogen was talking. And I was like, oh, Mahakasyap, I know him. And then now, even seven, 800 years before that, in uh, Tipitaka, there he is, good old Mahakasyap. Okay, that was it. Just wanted to share. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and uh, thank you for going on this ride with me, as always. Don't falsely accuse people of doing terrible things, whether you're a monk or not. That seems to be the advice for the day. Special thanks to uh, Virochana for playing the role of good old what's-his-name, the something that starts with M. See, they don't stick. It takes a while. It takes me like, I don't know how many days before a name will stick. Um, and thank you, Maya Davy, for um, being our guests today on the Buddhist Books Podcast. I'll go ahead and close after I take a sip of coffee. And give me energy.
the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.